Victoria, is it snowing where you are? Is it snowing where I am? No, it's like 88 degrees and humid as hell. How about you? How's it over there in Canada? It is hot AF. It is humidity like you cannot believe and I cannot breathe. But today on the podcast is Christmas. It's Christmas. <laughs> it's a it's a balmy 36 degrees Fahrenheit for those in America. <laughs> oh, so the Ted Lasso Christmas show episode. The Ted Lasso Christmas <sighs> I don't know what to call it. The strangely placed bottle episode celebrating Christmas in August. In August. Yeah. This was a really great Christmas special. Poorly distributed. (laughs) (laughs) I could not agree more. If this came out in between seasons one and two, sometime in December, it would be so fun, so enjoyable. Yes. But... You know, I wanted to watch it drinking eggnog or mulled wine. I wanted to eat it, like, mainlining, like, an entire plate of gingerbread cookies. Like, no, I was drinking water and being like, where's the ice to throw down my shirt because it's so hot in here. And it just, (laughs) I mean, look, did we enjoy it? Absolutely. It was very, it was a very enjoyable episode. There was, it was all very low-key stakes. There was no anxiety. There was no tension. There was nothing like that. There was no plot movement. There was no plot at all. But it definitely felt a little bit odd. So I guess maybe we need to eventually unpack what was happening. But again, it's not to say that we didn't like it. We did like it. I mean, there there was a lot of really funny scenes. It was it was one of the best uses of the cast's comedic talent. Absolutely 100% agree. It was so nice to see all of the Richmond players get their time to shine, which we don't really see during a typical season. No, no, we don't, especially when they're not like actively playing sports or in the locker room you know so to see them sort of outside of that was really nice and you know and maybe if that's what they were trying to do is to give some sort of deeper characterization to a lot of the cast I would say that they succeeded you know there there was an article in Pace magazine that I was super offended by when I read it several days ago saying that this was the worst episode that Ted Lasso had ever done and I was just like who is this person and then I was just like oh okay well okay yeah I mean you make valid points like (laughs) I really don't I don't like to be wrong ever (laughs) you can ask my husband he knows this but Yeah, I mean, was it the worst? I don't think it was the worst episode ever. No. I don't think it was the best episode ever. Yes. So in terms of, like, how they're doing this season, it was kind of another draw. (laughs) Yeah. I've definitely seen conversation about season two maybe not living up to the potential of season one. And and I think I do disagree there. Like, I've been really happy thus far with where season two is going. Me too. Me too. Absolutely. But... This one was kind of a, a, a eh, eh. yeah, it was like a it was if we were to say that Ted Lasso is running into the sort of 
traditional sophomore slump of some TV shows, this was the episode yeah. where it was kind of like, what are you guys doing? But the fact that it came on the heels of three probably of my favorite episodes of both seasons so far was really kind of odd. Yeah. And so I think if we spend the next 45 minutes pretending we are watching a Ted Lasso Christmas special, we can enjoy it more. Yeah, if you can completely separate it from season two and think of it as a bomb ass variety special yeah then I think we got a good one I would agree I would totally agree yeah I just it there was there was so many really good parts so many parts that made me honestly like burst out laughing and like clutch my face because like it was just so good and I don't know it was just that I really, really, really did. My very first watch through, I really did enjoy it. So, like, yeah. that's kind of the Fully energy agree. I want to come at it with. But I don't want to negate the fact that, yeah, it was not the strongest episode when it comes to the overall arc of the series or the season and the series. Like, it was not. And we recognize that. <laughs> and we're not going to, you know. So, that being said. Where do you want to start? Well, listen, I think we have to start with Isaac on Santa's throne in the locker room. Because, you know, if you're going to give us a random Christmas episode, well, then you better start out with Isaac on the Santa throne looking so cool and so good and, like, very inviting. Deeply sexy. (laughs) (laughs) I stand... By my theory that Isaac is for sure a Scorpio. (laughs) And I'm sorry, but, like, who doesn't want to be naughty for that Santa Claus? (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Just saying. I, yeah. That was a moment where I paused for a second was like, yeah, I approve. This is right. Smart choice. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This is right. Yeah, no, it was, I thought it was great. I thought the whole, like, Team Secret Santa was really cute. I thought, you know, the knitting, the knit um, scarf was really, I thought that was hilarious. And I liked that they were having a little Diamond Dogs Christmas party as well. Like, that was so cute. I loved that they also, like, welcomed Keely in with open yeah, arms. I thought that was really nice. Nate kind of felt like his old self a little bit. Yes. It kind of reset his character briefly, which I appreciated because, you know... I miss the old Nate. Yes, exactly. And there were so many, like, little moments where, like, it was almost like a throwaway line, but, like, pagan Christmas ritual with Beard and Jane. (laughs) (laughs) So great. It just, like, solidifies so many things about my headcanon about Jane. (laughs) Well, and can we talk about the fact that Like, they broke up, which is kind of what we were shooting for last episode. What happened to Digital Intimacy, guys? Well, they broke up, but they're still going out. They're celebrating holidays together. Like, the Jane and Beard saga is my favorite off-screen thing. Oh, for sure. And I love that it's off-screen. I love that it's just this, like, weird little tidbits that Beard throws out every once in a while. And you're just like, what? What? Yeah, it just one or two <laughs> lines that open up a world of possibilities. Yes, so funny. 
And then, like, the complete opposite with Sexy Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about Sexy Christmas. (laughs) So random. So (laughs) just... But, like, so funny. I loved it. She just, it's like, it's like that is the epitome of, like, being super classy to Keely. Well, and it's so funny because we talk about, like, this feeling like a variety special. And Sexy Christmas, to me, reminds me of those, like, cheesy Christmas musical variety specials. Like, Yeah, I think like about... a Dean Martin Christmas or, yes. like, yeah, yeah, John Legend Christmas, you know. <laughs> uh, the the highly iconic Jessica Simpson, Nick Lachey oh Christmas. Gosh. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, it really did kind of feel like that. Especially with, like, the white tree and the... <laughs> so great. That was just... Oh, it was so funny. What was the other thing that happened in that little, ep- that little, like, oh, Rebecca going to El- the Elton John Christmas party? Which leads us to find out of her genuinely relatable interest in Daniel Craig and Rachel Weiss's relationship. Right. Have we not all been there? Exactly. She's just saying what we're all thinking. Exactly. Um, I have to, like, admit, though, when I was talking about the, one of the things that made me literally, like, cackle with glee and, like, grab my face was when Jamie said, God bless me, everyone. I lost my shit. He could not be more of, and I'm going to use this because my friend, I have a friend who's from Scotland, and whenever he talks about people who are just like idiots or whatever, he calls them fucking numpties. And I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But like, he could not be more of like just a dumb idiot. He's such a himbo. I know. He's such a himbo. I know. There's really not much going on upstairs, which is... Oh my god! But like, like, no one else can deliver. No one could give Jamie the kind of charm that like Phil Phil Donster because it it, it's just perfect. Like you can't even it was hate it that much. No, you can't. I loved it. I loved it so much because it was like it works. Like it works with the way that Jamie speaks. Like his like very specific accent. And it's just like, oh, I just loved it. So it was so funny. And then, so this is why, I mean, this leads me into the next part, which was that claymation opening. I, that's what made me love it because it was like the Christmas episode, the Christmas specials of when I was a child, like claymation Christmas, California raisins, come on. For sure. I kept thinking of Rudolph. I kept thinking of the heat miser, which is my favorite. Yes. holiday yes. character from all claymation specials yeah that was a really fun smart intro and i loved that it wasn't just ted in the stands and we got all of our main characters like that yes. was a beautiful moment it was and like the claymation little guys were so cute they, they were, were adorable so like i would want those on a christmas tree make those and i would yeah them. <laughs> apple please make little claymation dolls of the ted lasso cast because yes as christmas ornaments for us please and thank you i would be so into a roy <laughs> claymation tree ornament I so would like all of twitter that is true roy kent hive is thriving on twitter everybody oh my god yeah they love him twitter loves roy kent like they love so many others but he is right up there with like i don't even know it's a, it's a true love know. affair he's right up there with like tom hardy and twitter <laughs> loves tom hardy yeah they do that's true all right so i want to say this 
because every episode I love Juno Temple more and more and more. But the little holiday montage of her getting ready for Sexy Christmas. Oh, so good. I was peeing my pants. The fact that she hates pimento and like was trying to pluck, like pick them all out of the olives killed me. I love because that was a that was a throwback to episode four of season one in the in the auction episode when she's drinking the martini with Rebecca in the bathroom. I just thought that was so funny considering this was episode four and that was episode four of the first one. I thought that was really cute. It's a good full circle moment. And yeah, (laughs) the leg lamp, the leg lamp killed me. Perfect callback to Christmas story. Yeah. And it was also just really cute to see her little quirks and mannerisms come out. I mean, I think Keely has some of the most defined characteristics of the entire cast. Yeah. And also it was just a joy to see Juno Temple shove her face into a chocolate fountain. Oh my gosh. Her licking that fountain was... I hope there's a gif out there because I I need that gif. I mean, I guess if you're alone with a chocolate fountain, like who's going to... Who's going to see? No one's going to know. Exactly. Just shove your tongue in there. It's fine. What's that TikTok? Who's going to know? How are they going to know? One of my favorite TikTok sounds. That TikTok sound (laughs) gets stuck in my head all of the time now, and I um, hate it. It's just like the little, like, angel devil on my shoulder being like, how are they going to (laughs) know? They're going to know. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Oh, and then Roy's reaction to her outfit was... So good. My reaction to her outfit. Like, god damn. That's a good look. I love it. It's so cute. So cute. Definitely the perfect outfit for sexy Christmas. For sure. And I loved how, like, when Phoebe was there, she just, like, rolled with it. She was like, I'm not going to put on more clothes. I'm just going to walk around (laughs) in this sexy Christmas. But you know what? Phoebe's probably pretty used to uh, Keely walking around in some weird stuff. But I also really... We'll get into it later, but there is this a moment with Phoebe that totally like solidifies some of my headcanon with Roy and Phoebe. So I just want to try to remind myself later. But I just I love, I really loved how much Roy and Phoebe was in this episode. It was so great. I love their dynamic. I could watch an entire season of just Roy being the yeah. best uncle ever. Exactly. Oh, gosh. Oh, and speaking of families, how much do we love the Higginses? I how love much- the Higginses, and I love that it's it's really them. I love that it is. I know. It's Jeremy Swift. Jeremy Swift, I know, and his and wife. And his wife. I know. It's it's so adorable. The, the dynamic is great. Their kids are so weird it's so like, weird and there is so many little boys so many great moments in that show in like the background yes that you wouldn't even notice but like just so funny like i no matter how i think i feel about the placement of this episode and the pacing of it within the season getting to see the cast interact like the the specific football players yeah get to have their scenes at the higgins mm-hmm. house was just so good like that's okay. the one thing like i loved so much mm-hmm. every single moment of everyone coming to the house was just really funny and, and really it was great. it was so great like like when sam came and he was like christmas reminds him of colonization <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah you're right we, did you think we forgot no of course they were gonna have that in there it was so good and the it fact really that he, he brought all those traditional foods, but then he, like, 
you know, whitewash them a little bit for the Higgins. Like, <laughs> I know. I like, know. Don't worry. It's not really goat. It's chicken. Right. Like, exactly. <laughs> it oh, just, my gosh. It just speaks I... so much to Sam's character. And mm-hmm. it does. And, and also just, I like, him. I feel like sort of that the sort of, like, experience of, you know, probably a lot of of footballers who come to England from other countries, whether it's Mexico or, you know, Nigeria or South Africa, whatever. Yeah, I'm sure that it is odd and, and, <laughs> and a little bit hard to, you know, sort of get into that, you know, find that weird sort of, I don't know what the word I'm trying to think of, but you know what I mean? Like, just sort of mm-hmm. find that equilibrium in, in a country that, you know, has colonized your country for the last, you know, several hundred years. And has lots of interesting thoughts on refugees and immigration and assimilation and all of these things. Yeah, it's a nice little commentary on on that. Yeah, and I like that it continues sort of episode after episode, even even if this isn't the sort of most, like, plot-heavy or plot, like, doesn't move the plot forward – we still get those little moments, and I, I think that's sort of that's sort of like a cornerstone of this the the show in itself. Yeah, like no matter what episode it is, no matter what the central plot is, those core tenants are still you know with every yeah. character, and so that's really yes. important that we get to see that week after week. Yeah, absolutely. And then we oh, have like the heart wrenching Christmas morning slash afternoon scene with Ted and his son, which is just woof. <sighs> Yeah, there's a lot about that dynamic that confuses me, and I don't know how to feel about it. I, <laughs> I, I don't understand. I don't understand anything about Ted's dynamic with his son. <laughs> like, is he just gonna move to the UK? Like, is that it? He's never coming home. Like, is there no visitation in, uh, in this divorce? Like, it makes no sense to me. Yeah, and it's like I guess I I guess it means like he couldn't go home because they have a game on Boxing Day, which is like you know the day after Christmas, and so maybe I guess like that's the reason I don't know it just seems yeah I guess we'll have to see how it plays out the rest of the season but I find it like a little bit boring (laughs) I guess like I don't even know if boring is the right word I just find it like a little over overdone if there is one part of this show that I feel is overdone it's the dynamic between Ted and his kid yeah I think it's just like there's a there has to be yeah we've seen this before yeah, there has to be a different way to sort of go through this storyline, and I'm just wondering if, like, we're going to get, if it's coming. Like, are yeah, we going to see something different, or is it just going to be these really sad FaceTime phone calls? Yeah, and maybe it, you know, I maybe it has more to do with the fact that, like, once we find out more about Ted's sort of upbringing and his dad and stuff, we might get some more, we might get some more information, and we might get some more action from Ted in regards to his son so yeah it's it's yet to be seen but yeah I was just mostly very sad <laughs> sort yeah. of like oh you know but I I mean it's also in, in this sense very real it's also yeah. very a re- very real scenario that happens for a lot of people so and then to go from that awkward dynamic to Roy and Keely <laughs> and Phoebe oh god I know it's it's First of all, I just have to say that I love the way British people pronounce Bernard. <laughs> Every 
heavily accented Bernard (laughs) made every moment of that scene better. It really, really did. I know. And I love that they actually went with it and gave Phoebe, like, (laughs) rancid breath. Oh my god, I'm sorry, but, like, Brett Goldstein gagging behind Juno Temple, like, I was dying. Like, that is one of the moments when I was, like, honestly, legitimately crying with laughter when he was just, like, full-on heaving behind her. And then the quiet, I think you might be dying. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I know, I know. That poor child. Though I have to say, I did love when he was, like, when she was really upset right at the beginning before they knew what her problem was and what her stupid friend had done, (laughs) that... He was like, what, did one of the Paw Patrol die? And I just, that is such a throwaway line, but it will mean so much to everyone who has had a child who has, without a doubt, watched episode six of season one 700 times because it's the goddamn Christmas episode when the Paw Patrol saves Santa. And let me tell you, I would love for all of those motherfuckers to die. <laughs> Straight up murder all of the Paw Patrol. I am so over it. I do not want to listen to Yelp for help one more time. Okay? No, there's no help coming. Uh-uh. The Paw Patrol is done. Defund the Paw Patrol! <laughs> I'm sorry, I have a lot of thoughts on this and some PTSD. Listen, my, my parents didn't even let me watch kid cartoons when I was, like, that young. I don't know. I, I can't. I don't have any memories of children's television. Except for Gullah Gullah Island, which was incredible. And I know it probably means nothing to you as a non-American. But for my American listeners, Gullah Gullah Island was the shit. Best kids show of all time. But otherwise, I was just watching inappropriate things that my parents thought I shouldn't be watching. So. Uh, It's okay. My husband's favorite show when he was nine was Cheers. (laughs) That actually makes so much sense to me. Knowing what I know about your husband. (laughs) Which, you know, is really funny considering Jason Sudeikis is uh, the nephew of the guy who played Norm. So What? You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Jason Sudeikis' mom is the sister of George Went, who plays Norm on Cheers. First of all, thank you for Googling that in real time. I appreciate it. Second of all, oh my God. Mm-hmm. he's like related to television royalty i know it's true so it comes genetically i guess <laughs> and they say hollywood is a meritocracy <laughs> it's fine jason you're talented enough but <laughs> yes yeah, so yeah i mean kids watching i mean not to say like my favorite show when i was nine was definitely dr quinn medicine woman and that has not aged well guys so <laughs> Okay, so as we move on from our that tangent, very big tangent, I want to go back to the Higgins house. Yes. I felt like those scenes were so natural and so well done that part of me feels like they were all improv. When yeah. Terry walks in and is like, I just walked into your neighbor's house. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, yeah. That makes sense. Like, that's so good. And then you see Sam in his turtleneck, and he looks so handsome in that 
hard on that. So hot. I just kept thinking as each one of them came in, I was like, oh, this party is going to be lit. Like, it's so true. It is going to be a banger. I really want to know if Terry brought the traditional Montreal tortiere, which is a meat pie, because I need to know, because, like, if he didn't, I am disappointed. Is is his uh, Quebec card going to be pulled? Because... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I need answers, people. I need answers. I would 100% take back everything negative I have to say about the Christmas episode if they released an AFC Richmond holiday cookbook because it looked like they all brought some like real fun stuff that I would like to eat because yes the bone I mean the thing about the holidays especially Christmas is I just want to eat my myself to death so yes give me all of the the cool cultural traditions from all over the world including Dutch fried chicken (laughs) dude he is so weird like they're really going for weirdest dude of the year with that poor guy from holland because every time he speaks i'm concerned and a little nervous i know david elsendorn i think is the name of the uh, elsendorn yeah um is the name of the actor and he just he as someone he kills it as someone who is married to someone who's half dutch and half english he does it perfectly (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love it so good and then to go back to ted we go from this like super beautiful, loving family, found yeah. family moment to Ted lying on his couch, drinking oh whiskey, God. watching It's a Wonderful Life. Like, oh, Ted, go to therapy. <laughs> I know, honestly. How many times do we have to say it? We say it every episode. <sighs> go to therapy. <laughs> but yeah, it was like real dark. And he did admit to that later when they were delivering presents. He did admit that it could have gone real dark. So I kind of liked that they at least admitted that. And they, you know. And I think, you know, uh, it was really cute to have Rebecca show up, you know, make sure Ted's okay. I thought that was a really kind of cute moment um, between them. I miss them. Like, we haven't yeah. seen a lot of them, just the two of them, like, no, together. We yeah. So that was, that was really that was really nice. Like that's it was. that was it a was. really nice moment. Yeah, I really, I, I really liked that. And then, one of the things, I want to go back to. So there was, I'm trying to put because they they kind of switch back and forth so much. But like, yeah, I just want to go back to the Higgins house again when they're doing that that gunfight, the Nerf gun fight. Oh my, oh my god, gosh. so good. And I loved like when Terry and. Danny are like, <laughs> say goodbye to my beautiful wife. <laughs> it's like, no, you'll say goodbye to herself and you'll introduce me to her sister. It's just like, it was just so, you're right. It was so, like, it's it felt like improv. It really did. It was just, it was so funny. Um, and I just loved that. And I thought, you know, and some of the really other, like, little moments, like uh, Richard's um, model date and how Megan's son is just, like, staring at her. Like, he's never he's, seen a human woman before. Just transfixed. And, and yeah. the idea that having a beautiful woman around makes any party better. <laughs> I only, only the French would think of something. I feel like this episode was such an interesting character study of all all of our cast. It like, we got was. to see a little bit more from everybody, good yeah. and, and weird and, and mm-hmm. silly and funny. 
Yeah. And it's all you can really ask for, for these sorts of like, and I don't want to say meaningless in a bad way, but it's kind of meaningless in the grand scheme of things because it has real, like, no effect on the overall plot. So it's like... No, it was 100% for the people watching the show who love these characters. Yeah, so it was nice to see, like, little expansions on everyone's character, giving, you know cast members that we don't necessarily get to see a lot have those like little shining moments I mean I thought that was I thought that was really great yeah for sure yeah no I agree and then I think I love one of the parts I really liked about this in like technically was the carol of the bells montage with the doorbells I thought that was very well executed I really liked the way like that it was like Rebecca and Ted delivering presents Roy accosting people in his neighborhood looking for a dentist like I just I love that it was like it it really really was so just like really well done and like really good use of that song, it was cool yeah so like synonymous with like Christmas man yeah I just thought it was really funny I also I don't know if you noticed there was like this one part when they were talking about something and she was talking about, oh, the, they were talking about the thousand do- the thousand pounds. Yes. Um, Phoebe and um, Keely. And <laughs> Phoebe says, like, a thousand pounds is a month worth of swear words. <laughs> I love that she can quantify that so easily. Yes. It says so much, again, about her relationship with her uncle. Yes. I- I loved that callback. I thought that was so great. I hope she's making bank. Like, I hope that Uncle Roy can fund whatever it is she wants to do. Right? Exactly. I was going to say, like, college tuition, but the UK doesn't have America's ass-backwards student loan (laughs) issue. So That is true. Maybe she can afford something real nice and and cool with all of that money. Exactly. No, I thought that was really funny. And this is the scene that I wanted to come back to, to talk about how when she's talking about the cat, uh, Dauphine, her cat, and she says, you know, we saved it, but I want to think that it saved us, which is just like, on the surface, is just like a cute kid saying something. But at the same time, obviously, I mean, if her mom is a, like, her mom is a doctor, I think that's what right she's a surgeon yes, of some kind yeah. um and so she's always with Roy so i'm going to assume that there's no dad in the picture and so the fact that like this cat is like you know she feels like this cat is her soulmate and like it's her best friend and like i have a 6 year old who has a soulmate who's a cat who's a best friend so i understand this i just thought it was so telling because i think even from last year you can really see that there's a reason that Roy is as active in her life as possible. And they don't ever say it. They don't even ever acknowledge it or even hint at it, really. But you just know. And I just thought just that sort of that little moment where she says, like, I feel like the cat saved us. Clearly... It's not perfect. You know, there's there's obviously something. And I just I just really liked that they kind of, after kind of showing us a little bit throughout the last season and a half, or just about season and a half, that we kind of got that little bit like, yeah, like things are not perfect Yeah, with Phoebe and her mom. And that's why it's kind of so, it makes it even better that Roy is so active in her life. And like, again, just like is one more check mark on like why he is a goddamn romance, romance hero. <laughs> Too true. He yeah. is a modern. He's just perfect. He is. In like an imperfect way. Yes. No, he, that's what makes him perfect is like he has his flaws. He has his sort of like weirder characteristics. Yes. But it's so real and so good. And I, I yes. 
modern day ideal romantic hero Roy Kent. Yeah, I would agree 100%. Can we also briefly talk about the ultimate callback to the Ussy kid from the pilot? <gasps> How great that they brought that kid back and made his mom the dentist. I lost it. I was like, oh my god, it's the, it's the fucking Ussy kid. Like, yeah. He's still going. He's still trying He's still real going. hard He's, to coin yeah. that term. Oh my god, it was so funny. And I love that how he did not want a picture of Roy. <laughs> nope. Keely has been a very formative part of his, his, of his Yeah, I think we all know why he wanted a picture of Keely. <laughs> so gross, but also so, gross. so accurate for someone trying to coin the term musty. <laughs> uh, I really thought that was so great. That was really, really funny. And then it just, like, it just, like, montages into that amazing long pan of the Christmas table, the Christmas dinner table at the Higgins, where it starts with the table, then it goes to something else, and then it's the ironing board, and then it's, like, I just, and, like, so many things, and this is what I was talking about in the, about how, like, little things you don't hear when you're kind of just, like, if you're just watching the first time, about that happen in the conversations as they're panning down the table. So, like, you know, someone else brought that dish that Sam made, but with goat. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, super excited that someone brought goat, which is awesome. I loved that. And then at one part, there's, like, oh, one of the Higgins kids is drinking champagne or trying to drink champagne. Directly from the bottle, Directly like a total champ. Which is amazing. And then there's just, like, Danny and Mrs. Higgins, like, getting trashed on tequila, which is just so great. It was just such a perfect montage. And then just like, it was so good. It was good. It was good. And it just made me so happy that Higgins has clearly been doing this for years. and, And very often there's maybe one or two players. Yeah. And there's something about the team now that makes them want to spend their holiday together. Like they see each other every day. Yeah. They're constantly together and that doesn't stop them from wanting to spend Christmas together. And I thought that that was really sweet and I love the growth that we've seen in the team because in the beginning it was sort of like they were factioned, they were kind of riffing on each other and not in a good natured way. Like they're, yeah. they didn't feel like a team and now they no. do. Yeah, exactly. And it is corny and it is, is kind of twee, but it's also... That's awesome. I love the found family trope. That is so... Yes, me too. I honestly... Who doesn't? I'm a sucker who, for it. Who doesn't love it, honestly? And, you know, I keep thinking that, like, things... Because, you know, we have that table scene and then we have, like, Hagen's speech. But, like, so much happens before that because, like, the scenes just keep switching. But, like, I guess it goes to when Ted and Rebecca were, like, finished and she he was like, oh, you can just drop me off. I don't know why, but for a second, I thought they were going to kiss. And I don't know <laughs> why I thought that. And, like, I don't even want them to. But I was like, what is this weird energy? They have such good chemistry. Like, they have this amazing vibe with each other and they just get more and more comfortable with each other as the episodes go on so like yeah I wouldn't have minded a little Christmas yeah I was like oh my god where is there is there gonna be like mistletoe somewhere like no but there I I felt like it for like just a minute actually shocked shocked that we did not get a mistletoe moment that seems right up the alley of this like like, crazy Christmas episode is mistletoe like a thing in England or is this like an American thing Canadian thing I wonder fuck if I know uh can I just say that I think my favorite line 
my favorite line of the episode was Rebecca talking about wanting to see Daniel Craig and Rachel Weisz fuck, I guess. I know. I am, like, blushing as I say it, but, like, what a universal thought. I know. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. And Ted doesn't miss a beat. He's like, well, yeah. Yeah, of course. (laughs) It's true. It's just like a universal reaction and question to so many people, you know? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm going to laugh about it for another minute. I know. It was. I know. So it was just unexpected and and beautiful. And I. It really was. It was so like, it kind of like surprised me coming from Rebecca. (laughs) And it's also just the most like warm like good-natured episode and then all of a sudden it's like well don't you want to see that you know I mean it was- yeah I know I know but I thought it was it was definitely it definitely hit like what they were trying to do and it definitely worked it made me like burst out laughing and then I burst out crying listening to Higgins speech <laughs> about found family and it was just like and and the fact that he like lit he went through and they like named all of the places where the players were from. I think he named almost all of them, if not all of them, at that yeah, table. Yeah, I think almost every place outside of the UK. It, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really, really, I don't know, it just was such a heartfelt little speech. And, you know, Jeremy Swift is so good. He's just like, his delivery is just, he was a star in this episode. I feel like he may have been my favorite character in this episode. He could definitely, definitely be MVP for this episode, I think. I, because. I think so too he was just such a joy um I, it, the whole end of the episode was sort of this like mad rush of like warm christmas cheer you had yeah. you had uh rebecca and ted having that great moment in the parking lot you had that beautiful speech to the family higgins and then you have the like love actually moment yeah i <laughs> i understand i'm very conflicted over the movie love actually because I, yeah, I, I want to say this episode to me actually felt like a Richard Curtis episode. Like it kind yeah. of had the Love Actually vibe to it. Especially with the the sort of like the stories that were so sent, like they were all so very separate. Yes. Yeah, I, it did have that vibe for sure. And listen, I know that Love Actually is, is a, a, a legendary, iconic, people love it, watch it every year, Christmas movie. Personally, not my favorite. Not no, my I favorite. I hate it. I'm sorry. I'm so gonna many come out and of say those storylines, so many of those storylines freak me out. Like when I was like, what, a teenager when it came out? Maybe it kind of went over my head. But so many of them are weird. Yeah. I personally would murder, I'm gonna say it, if I married someone and my best friend treated them like shit and then on Christmas came to the front door and was like, all oh, the reason I was a prick was because I'm secretly in love with you. I, 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 someone would die. Yeah, uh, yeah, because, well, first of all, like, I hated that scene, I hated it for the reason you're saying it. I hated it less when I didn't know him as Rick Grimes. (laughs) I really can hate it now because I hate Rick Grimes. Oh my god. And so when I see it now, I'm just like, oh, get off my TV. Like, I just can't. This is an episode of some hot takes, I think. I'm sorry. It is. It is. God. 
<laughs> but also, I really do not like hating Alan Rickman. And this movie makes me hate Alan Rickman. And like, that is the thing that I cannot do because Alan Rickman is Colonel Brandon. Don't at me anyone. He will always be the Colonel Brandon. The Colonel Brandon from 1995's Sense and Sensibility. And I refuse to accept any other answer. And the fact that in this movie, they made him such a fucking asshole. <laughs> no. No, I Richard know. Curtis. Get fucked. So yeah, I, I really don't like the movie Love, actually. <laughs> However, that being said, our tangent aside, I understand why they used this scene. Mm-hmm. I understand the cultural reference mm-hmm. that people get from Love Actually. So I I get it. And it was it was cute in the sense of like what they said on the actual cards and you know Roy yes. growling and Keely apologizing. It was cute. It was very The cute. joke worked for me. It worked. It worked. For me. It it did make me go but I loved it. It was it was fine. You know, so, yeah, it was fine. Was it the cheesiest ending? Yes. Uh, it was, it was, it was insane. It was insane. They pull up, band comes out of nowhere. I mean, they have the buskers from from the beginning of the episode. That's great. I get it. Also, the buskers, another callback to episode four of season one in the auction episode when they got the busker to come and play at the auction. Okay, funny thing. I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot. I mean, it's not like I forgot that they had the busker play at no. the charity dinner. I just didn't put face to face. To face. I, 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 I mean, forgot it's the not the same. Like. It's not. No, no. It's not the same busker, I don't think. I think it's just the fact that they did it in both episode fours. I thought, I mean, clearly yeah, they're going for something. It's a strange uh, little parallel there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that the wildest part of that thing, and listen, I thoroughly enjoy listening to Rebecca sing. She could sing anything to me and I will be happy. But when Higgins busts out of the house with the upright bass and I think someone comes out with a flute or 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 a a saxophone or like some sort of brass instrument pops out of the house. Where did that come from? It was just yeah it was a lot. (laughs) We just jumped right into the absurd. Mm-hmm. But it sounded great, and and and, it really and getting did. getting to hear Jason Sudeikis do that weird what whatever that was, I, I got a chuckle out of me. So I think it worked. I mean, babe, you're a really great actor, but please don't put out an album ever. Yeah, let's not pull a Jeremy <laughs> Renner and force the world to listen to a Jason Sudeikis standards album because that is a thing I did not know existed and. Didn't probably need to know. I'm so sorry. I feel like I just ruined your life. Because it ain't great, Jenny. I can imagine. There's not much about Jeremy Renner that is great, but like this is one of the worst things about him. It's his musical <laughs> career. Uh, probably almost as good as Scarlett Johansson and her Tom Waits covers or whatever she Well, at least she's pretending to be a, a human woman instead of like a tree or... Um... Please stop. <laughs> Uh, that is right. She did do an she did do an album, right, of Tom Waits covers. Yeah, she tried to have a singing career. Okay, I was like, did I imagine slash dream that? Why would I dream that? Weird as hell. But why would no, you dream that? Why would I dream that? No, it came out in two thousand eight. Dark dark days. Dark days. Dark days. <sighs> oh, and then lastly, I fully think that 
the the youngest Higgins child seeing Santa was because he was right trashed on champagne. I kept thinking, oh, he he's drunk. He he's is drunk. obliterated because he thinks he sees Santa. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was so funny. It was actually really good. <laughs> oh man, what an episode! Oh, some real highs, <sighs> some interesting lows, but overall. I thoroughly enjoyed myself, which like I did. I did too. It was it was all I can ask good, for. You know, was it the Christmas party episode of The Office? No. And if you are an Office fan, you will understand because I'm sorry. There are few Christmas episodes in TV shows that are as good as the Christmas party episode in The Office, in my humble opinion. Uh, however, it was enjoyable to watch. It was funny. It was low-key anxiety. There was no tension. You know, I was able to enjoy it. No stakes whatsoever. No stakes. <laughs> and, you know, the world is not great right now. So, like, I was okay with having a TV yeah. show that didn't make me have to think about too many more things, <laughs> to be it was a good. It was a good palate cleanser. Yeah. And I'm excited to see sort of what is coming because... One of the things that I just remembered is that Brendan Hunt had mentioned in an article that they had written the first three episodes to be released at the same time. Right. You had said that, that maybe it was like a kind of like a joint, like not a joint, uh, like a complete story. Yeah. And then I think it makes sense that they would have had a Christmas episode. So I'm wondering if when they wrote it, the release date was actually supposed to be near Christmas. Yeah, that's... Of last year. I'm wondering, and I don't know for sure because I don't know when the sort of, you know, but I'm wondering if when they were writing it, maybe, maybe, like, I don't know. I don't even know when they were they were filming it, to be honest. I know it was sometime at the end of last year. But I'm wondering if it was written, like, a lot before that with the intention of it being released sometime at the end of, like, say, November. Yeah. To have that Christmas episode. And then episode five starting in the new year with, you know, some sort of... So I'm wondering. I'm interested to see what episode five brings us and where we are and, you know, sort of happening. It'll be interesting to see. Not enough Jamie in this episode, but, you know, I'll live. I know. I was curious about that. Not, not, no Jamie, no Nate. Definitely curious to see episode five and if it's going to maybe center around them a little bit more because we didn't get any of them in season, in episode four. Yeah. And, you know, no Dr. Sharon either. So uh, it would be interesting. Travesty, actually. I, I missed her a lot this episode. I, I would have loved to have gotten a little bit of, of, something out of her for this episode because they got to see a lot of people in their like kind of Christmas element and you know you don't want to fall in the trap of of Dr. Sharon just sort of being the therapist Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it would have been kind of nice to give her her own moment yeah well they still have we'll see they have eight more episodes to convince us yeah we are one-third of the way through it people we've hit the one-third mark hot damn Woo. Well, Daria. Well, Jenny. I think this is it. Good talk. Yes. A good analysis of a interesting episode. For sure. Well, people, you can find us at hotelvicarious.com or on social at Hotel Vicarious on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. This episode will be releasing one day later on Thursday, but we'll be back to our regular schedule on Wednesday next week. Well, thank you for checking in to Hotel Vicarious. 
We hope you enjoyed your stay.